And so today we're going to wrap up the series with a title called Abundant Givers, because that is what we do. We are abundant givers. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ and you call yourself a Christian, you should be a generous person. Generosity should have been birthed in you at the cross when your selfishness died. Amen? When you met Jesus at the cross, your selfishness should have died and generosity should have been birthed in your life. And we are abundant givers because that's what we do. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to wrap up the series. I'm just, I'm, I'm tickled by just all that God's been doing with just folks that are new believers, some that have been around for a while. And I'm just going, man, this is so cool because I know that God works. He works in our finances, But let me give you a little insight. That's just where he starts. Some folks think think that the greatest thing I'll ever do is tie the full 10%. Shad, that's just the first thing we do. And so we're going to talk about today how to be an abundant giver. Because you see, everyone gives, but not everyone is generous. And just because we give doesn't mean we're a generous person. There's a big difference between giving and being generous. And so during this series, we've talked about a cycle, two cycles. The first cycle is the cycle of scarcity and how the cycle of scarcity is where most of us can find ourselves if we're not careful. So the cycle of scarcity looks like this. God supplies. And because we're so afraid we're not going to have enough, we automatically consume what we need. And then we end up lacking. And then fear comes around and fear begins to grow. And then God supplies, and then we, we consume because we're afraid we're not going to have enough. And then lack happens, and then fear grows, right? The cycle of scarcity. It's, it's a scared cycle. You're living scared financially. Uh, scarcity focuses on your needs being met first. The other cycle is the cycle of abundance, And we talked about how God multiplies. So in the cycle of abundance, God supplies. The first thing we do is we give. You see, scarcity says consume. Abundance says give. How many of you know we, we serve an abundant God? He's the God of more than enough. He has way more than you need. He's an abundant God. And so if we serve an abundant God, we need to be abundant followers. So when God supplies, the first, our first response is to give. And when we give, then God multiplies. You see it? God multiplies. Then our faith grows. And then God supplies. We give. He multiplies. And our faith grows. It's kind of like this. God puts something in your hand. And he says, use that. And then when you've emptied your hands, I'm going to fill them back up. So it's pretty simple. God gives you, you give, he fills it back up. Right? And then you get to get involved in a supernatural kingdom experience. Because listen to me, we, we say it's more blessed to give than to receive, right? And we all believe that scripture to be true. But how does that actually play out? How is it actually more blessed? How are you more blessed to give something away than to receive something? How does that work? Because you're getting rid of something, right? How does it work? It works because when we give, we join in with the kingdom of God, and we get to have an experience with heaven. That is a bigger blessing than receiving something for ourselves. 
Christianity was never meant to be boring. If Christianity is boring to you, it's because you're not walking it out right. It's because you're not doing something right. Amen? Typically, it's, it's boring to us because we're stingy or we're strapped. We spend our money to other places, too many other places. Or we, we, we use our talents and our energy and our gifts to other pla- too many other places. And we don't give to God first. When you give to God first, you set yourself up for an experience. I've done drugs and I've drank plenty of alcohol. Being a part of a more blessed to give situation is a better hide than anything I've ever taken. I'm serious. When you got a $20 bill and and God says to go and give it to this lady and you walk up and you say, hey, look, this happened to me at a a mall one time. I'm waiting on my wife. (laughs) It happens. I'm waiting on my wife. She's in the dressing room. I'm sitting there in the women's department. Weirdest thing ever. And I'm trying to not look like a, 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 yeah, a pervert. And so I'm kind of just, you know, I'm going to be checking the women out in the women's department in the, in the mall. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and the Lord says, says uh, that 20 you got in your wallet, go give it to the lady at the register. I'm like, what you doing, my Willis? <laughs> he, said, he said, go give that to that lady. I said, okay. Took my wallet out. I said, excuse me, ma'am. This might seem a little awkward. I said, I was just there, and, and the Lord told me to give you this $20 bill. I know it might sound a little weird, but this is for you. She took it. She, tears began to roll down her eyes. I didn't get her whole story, but I just know that God did something, right? And I got to be a part of it. You see, the Bible says that we get to share in the glory of God. You also got to be willing to share in the suffering, too. Don't be afraid of the suffering because you get to share in the glory. Right? I get to be a part, we get to be a part of the kingdom of God happening on the planet. And it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so abundant givers is what we're talking about this morning. So how do abundant givers give? I'm glad you asked those questions this morning. The first way they give, the first way abundant givers give is number one, they give spontaneously. Uh, they give earthquakes, tornadoes uh, to someone in need. We've had floods here. I, I've, I've watched the church jump in with their back, with their energy, with their shop vacs. They're using whatever's in their hand, right? Their mop, their crowbar, their hammer. They just show up and they go, hey, I got eight hours. I'm going to give you to help you rescue your house. And they jump in, right? Sometimes it's hurricanes and we will take tons of people and go to another place or we'll set up distribution centers. And I'll never forget the first hurricane I experienced as a part of this church. We were in Jennings when uh, Katrina and then Rita hit back to back. We had a, we had a, a, the only distribution center in Jeff Davis parish. Well, actually in South Louisiana, we were the only, the only people to have toilet paper. Now wrap your mind around that. We had a, we had a line of cars two miles down the road. Every day we were unloading semi-trucks of, of just supplies that were coming in. And then that afternoon, just handing them out, handing them out. You, were we tired? Yeah, we were tired. Were we exhausted? Yeah, we were exhausted. But you know what? We were more blessed. We were more blessed than the people that were receiving it. Because we got to be a part of the kingdom. Amen? So number one, 
abundant givers give spontaneously. How many of you have heard the story of the Good Samaritan? Raise your hand real quick if you've heard that story. The story of the Good Samaritan, basically it's a Jewish guy. He, he's walking down the street, heading into town to, to do some business, and he gets jumped. You know what that means to get jumped, right? That means when some people beat you up, take your stuff, and leave you hanging, right? And so he gets jumped. He gets left on the side of the road to die, and then he's laying there, and a priest comes by. This isn't a joke. A priest comes by and, and the priest jumps to the, or, or walks to the other side of the street and passes him by. And then a, a guy that works in the church comes by and he goes to the other side of the street and passes this Jewish man up who's basically dying in the ditch. And then the Bible says a despised Samaritan. I find it interesting that the Bible went, went as far to say, that the Samaritan was despised. You see, the problem was is that Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. They were like the blacks and the whites of the, in the late 60s, early 70s. They just, if you got caught hanging out with them, you were shunned. And so Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. So the Samaritan comes walking by and he takes whatever he has. The Bible says he, he, he tended to the man's wounds. He put wine to clean them and he put oil to soothe his wounds. And then the Bible says that he picked the guy up and put him on his donkey. In modern day, he would have picked him up and put him in his Ford. And then, and then he would have drove him to a hotel or a hospital where they could have taken care of him. So the Samaritan comes along. He, he tends the guy's wounds. They aren't supposed to get along. The Jewish man's dying. The, the Samaritan guy's, he's just going to work and runs into an opportunity. You see, to be a spontaneous giver, you got to be expecting some incredible things to happen. Amen? you got to expect some supernatural things to happen. So, so the, the Samaritan wakes up that morning, and he comes walking down the road, and he runs into an opportunity. You seeing it? He runs into an opportunity. An opportunity for what? An opportunity to be spontaneous. An opportunity to give what only he had, right? Last week we talked about the story of when Jesus fed, fed the 5,000, how the little boy had five loaves and two sakale. And, and he, he gave to Jesus what little bit he had. And Jesus took that little bit and he multiplied it and fed over, over 17,000 people when you counted the women and the children, you see, too many times believers get hung up on what we don't have. I can't be spontaneous because I don't have enough. I, I don't have enough. Listen to me, and I want you to understand this very clearly. You're only going to be held accountable and responsible for what you do have. God's not going to hold you accountable for what you don't have. So you can't give what you don't have, right? But whatever you have, if you'll be ready and position yourself to be spontaneous, when God gives you opportunities, you can meet that need. And most times you're going to see a miracle happen. This guy doesn't say the Samaritan came out with his medical kit looking for somebody beat up on side the road. He probably had his briefcase or his backpack. And what did he have in there? Some wine and some oil. And he met a need. Watch how the story ends up because this guy was just incredibly spontaneous. Luke chapter 10, verse 35, the end of the story says this, the next day he had the guy at the, at the hotel room. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him. He said, 
And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Is that abundant or what? That's abundant. That's abundant giving right there. He could have just walked out and said, you know what? When he wakes up, tell him I said, peace be with him and all that good stuff. And we still thought he was a great guy. But instead, because he was a Christ follower, because he had compassion in his heart, he went above and beyond. Amen. And he pressed into it. And then he went and he gave even provision and said, if it goes beyond this, I'll even take care of that. So number one, abundant givers need to give spontaneously. Number two, we need to give strategically. We need to be strategic. Some people say, I wish I could give more. The reality is, is you can give more if you plan to give more, right? Most of us don't make a plan to give. That's the reality. But but watch this. Most of us have a plan to spend, right? I mean, a man will sit down, look his wife in the eyes and say, baby, you got to back off them shoes a little bit. I want to save some money for a bass boat. And I need you to quit buying shoes for a little while so we can save some money. So you'll make a plan to go buy a bass boat, right? You'll make a plan to go take a vacation. You'll make a plan. There's nothing wrong with that. Go buy a bass boat. Just make sure you invite your pastor to go with you. Right? But most of us make a plan to consume, but not all of us make plans to be generous or to give. What would happen if the church would say, you know what? I'm going to plan to be generous just as hard as I plan to consume. How much of the kingdom of heaven could we see happen in this little town of Eunice and the surrounding areas? What could happen? What would the possibilities be? Because you see, you've got to understand something. The Bible says that the goodness of God is what draws men to repentance, right? It's the goodness of God. How does God get his goodness to people? Can he drop it from the sky? Well, yeah, he can drop it from the sky. How does he choose to do it most times? Through us. Right? We get to be God's conduit for his goodness. It passes through us. So we need to give strategically. In Isaiah, the Bible says, verse, uh, chapter 32, verse 8, it says this, but generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. So what do generous people do? Plan to be generous. Come on, shake your head. You like mule at the gate this morning? Come on. Yes, pastor. Yes. Yes, generous people. Yeah. Generous people plan to do what is generous. But watch this. And they also stand firm in their generosity. Let me give you a little warning. The minute you decide to start tithing your first 10%, the devil's coming after you. I'm just going to tell you straight up. He's going to come to steal, kill, and destroy anything you got. My wife and I, we just started this a couple of weeks ago. Every, every week we sit down on Thursday. I put a reminder on my phone. It says, I call her sugar mama sometimes. I say, sugar mama money meeting Thursdays, 9 o'clock. And that's what we do. So every Thursday at 9 o'clock, my wife and I are sitting down and we're looking over the finances. And then we pray over our finances. Because how many of you know, anytime there's a little bit extra and you start to celebrate, what's happening? The enemy's coming to pop your tire, to cause your battery to go dead. Your, your, your windshield wiper's going to fly off. Have you priced windshield wipers lately? Them things are expensive, right? The kid's going to need to go to the doctor. I can't tell you how many co-pays I paid this week. I'm like, I rebuke. So my wife and I started saying, I rebuke the devourer in Jesus' name. Devil, get your hand off my money. I'm serious. 
Because I believe I need to tell him where his place is. Amen? I need to tell him to get his hands off my stuff. Right? And so we, we make that a practice. We, we make it a plan. You got to stand firm in your generosity. The minute you decide to be generous, you're making the enemy mad. Why? Because the goodness of God draws them into repentance and the enemy don't want nobody to repent. Right? He don't want you to bless somebody in the community or somebody in your neighborhood or your boss at work. Because if you bless them, they might just see Jesus in the middle of it. So, so abundant givers give spontaneously, they give strategically. We're not spiritual consumers, we're spiritual contributors. We can give more when we give strategically. Number three, abundant givers give sacrificially. Now you really need to pay attention to this story because you're going to see a side of Jesus that you might not have ever seen before. Mark chapter 12, verse 41 to 44. Watch what it says. We give sacrificially. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Now watch this. Jesus is in the temple and he, he, he comes to the place where people, I guess they come to the front and they put their money in a plate. So Jesus positions himself to see what people are given. And Jesus positions himself and he's watching what people are putting in the offering plate. What if at the end of this service, when the ushers normally come forward and I bless the tithe and the offering, if I followed the bucket, how would you feel, right? If I'm looking over going, hey, listen, we want you to be as comfortable as possible here at our Savior's church. We put some napkins in the bottom of the bucket so if you drop some change, nobody gets to hear it, Okay. <laughs> Uh, that's for real, right, Dwight? That's what we do. We put some, some napkins at the bottom of the bucket so when you drop all them quarters in there, we don't have nobody, you know, you don't have to be embarrassed. We don't want you to be embarrassed because you're dropping change in the, in the but, but Jesus, watch this, Jesus was watching them and watching what they gave. And you go, golly, Jesus, you mean Jesus cares about what I give? Yeah. Yeah, he cares about what you give. He cares about how much you give. You know why? Because when you give, he sees your heart. You're going to have to grow up and realize that giving's not about your money. Giving's about your heart. Come on, if you're hung up on your money, then you're missing the whole picture. Jesus is not for your money. He don't need your money. He needs your heart. He wants your heart. And so Jesus is watching, and I'm going, man, Jesus, that's pretty intense, man. I mean, you're like stressing the people out. I mean, like, you know, I mean, think about it. If he was here. In human form, and we're passing the baskets, and he's looking. Some of you would be writing some some bad checks just to get Jesus off your back. You'd be like, and you'd be praying for a twenty-four hour miracle to happen in your bank account so that it don't bounce, right? Because he would be stressing you out, putting pressure on you. Jesus is watching them give their offerings and their tithe. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow, say poor widow, a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins 
worth only a few cents. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, so watch this. Jesus is watching. The poor widow comes up and puts her two copper coins in the plate. Jesus says, hey, psh, come here. School's in session. Come here. Watch this. Jesus thought it was so good that he brought his disciples in to see what was happening. Wow. Jesus says, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more, say more, into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Jesus didn't mourn her sacrifice. Jesus celebrated her sacrifice. Jesus didn't say, hold up, time out, time out. Whoa, y'all stop. Hang on, baby. I know you're tight. I know things are rough right now. Look, take your two pennies back. And here, take a little bit of change. Some of us will say, oh, that would be a sweet thing for Jesus to do. Oh, shad Jesus. But you got to get your mind right. Jesus didn't feel sorry for the lady. Jesus didn't have a, an ounce of, of sorrow or sympathy for this lady. In fact, Jesus did the opposite. He said, hey, boys, come see. You're going to learn something today. Watch this. Why was Jesus excited about her giving her only two coins? Because she just repositioned her life. Can God multiply what you don't give? He can only multiply what you. She took all she had, put it in the basket, and Jesus said, boy, oh boy, it's going to get interesting now. We've been waiting to work in this woman's life for a while. Man, she put her only two coins in there. God's going to multiply that. Blessings from heaven are going to flow down over her. You boys better watch this woman because it's about to change her life. Jesus is like, booyah. It's about time. You know what I love about this series? It's for the last several weeks, people that have never tithed have been tithing. And I'm sitting here, I feel like Jesus. I'm going, booyah, baby, you about to get you some. And they getting it. Right? Tithing's not for me. Tithing's for you. Generosity is for you. It's your heart being on display for God to see. Amen. She gave all she had. Don't worry about the amount. Just give. If Jesus says to give you back, give you back. If he says to use your truck, use your truck. Your talent, use your talent. I'm not, I'm not gifted in anything. Can you breathe? Yeah. Well, then stand here and tell people hi. Okay. Put a smile on your face. Put, put a smile on your face tell people hi. Hi. Use, use what you got. Amen? She put it in. Jesus didn't bail her out. Jesus celebrated what was getting ready to happen in her life. Man, I'm telling you, I'm so excited because I know from my own experience when I'm generous, things change. When I'm generous, I'm more blessed to give than to receive. 
I get to walk into a situation called a miracle with God. The good Samaritan walked in on a miracle. He didn't even plan it. He didn't even look forward to it. He just sees the moment when it happened in front of him, right? And he walked into an opportunity to see a miracle. You know, when I preach every Sunday, you know what my goal is? At the end of every Sunday message, you'll, you'll say, I probably, you'll agree with me. I pray almost the same prayer at the end of every message. You know what that prayer is? Lord, I pray that they take what they heard today and they go out in this week and they experience it. You know why? Because I want God to confirm his word in your life. Because it's one thing to hear somebody preach it, but it's another thing to experience it. And when you experience what you've heard preached, ain't nobody convincing you otherwise. Amen? Those people that have been calling me the last couple of weeks, telling me their stories, I don't have to convince them. They know. They heard it, and then they experienced it. Right? So we give sacrificially. Abundant givers give spontaneously. They give strategically and they give sacrificially. I heard a story of a, a lady at, a, at another church. I heard a pastor tell this story. They, were, uh, they had a family in need and this lady, and they opened it up for the church to help the family. And this, this single mom wanted to help, but she didn't have much. Uh, she, she, she had $5 and 27 cents in her checking account until she got paid next Friday. And, and so she, she felt in her heart, she felt God tell her to give, but she was like, this is all I got. And so she, she said, okay. So she pulls out her checkbook and she starts to write a check for $3, but then she goes, whew, I'm only going to have two twenty-seven left in my account. So she talks herself down to a dollar. True story. This doesn't always happen, but it it happened to this lady. And I know several other stories like this. She talks herself down to a dollar, so she writes a $1 check and gives it to this family. That week, somebody comes up to her out of the blue, hands her a white envelope and says, the Lord told me to give you this today. Person she didn't even know, never met them before. How many of you want to know it's in the envelope? A thousand dollars to which the preacher said, you should have gave the five (laughs) only like a preacher would say, don't focus on the little bit that you have. That's the, that's the key to the story. Don't let your focus be what little bit you have. Just let it be on being generous. Lord, you give me an opportunity. I'm going to meet it. I'm going to be spontaneous. I'm going to start to be strategic. I'm going to take a dollar off of every check and just put it in my, in my strategic giving fund, okay? Whatever you want to call it. And then just begin to set yourself up and plan to be generous. And then give sacrificially. Just, that, that just means give what you got, right? And you got to understand it goes way beyond money. Money's just where it starts. Can I tell you that? You know, tithing is just the start. Many of you know Cheryl and I's story. We were first married, had our first kid, moved into a brand new house. Both had good jobs. Felt in our hearts that she needed to stay home. She quit her job, cut our income in half. She said, how are we going to do this? It ain't working on paper. I said, you just tithe. The first thing you do is tithe, baby. 
she, she was raised Catholic, I was raised Baptist. When you raise Baptist, you're raised to tithe. When you raise Catholic, you're raised to tip. It's just the way it is, right? It's just the way it is. I'm not beating up on anybody. It's just the way it is. So she didn't understand tithing. So I said, look, first thing you do, first 10%, you, you put that aside that goes into the basket on Sunday. She did that. First week, miracle happens. Abundance cycle. God supplies we give, he multiplies. What happens? Faith grows. Our faith grew right there. Cheryl's faith grew right there too. You know, that was just the starting point for where we are today. That was one of the first faith moves or faith steps we ever took was tithing. And I thought, man, boo, we got a story. Woo, God did a miracle, man. This is my story. I'm gonna run with this story the rest of my life. And God was like, you so small-minded. I got bigger than this for you. The faith that grew in that first step was the faith it took a couple years later when God said to move to Jennings, go find Bubba and help him. And two weeks later, we put our brand new house up for sale, packed our clothes up and moved. The, we wouldn't have never done that if we'd have never tied when we didn't have it. You see in this? faith grows. Tithing is just your first step. You know what God's really after? All of you, including this. Why did he give you those talents that you have that nobody else has? Why did he give you that personality that you have that nobody else has? Why did he give you that tenacity that nobody else has? Because he wants it. He wants to use it. Why did he create you? Because he wants to use you to reach other people. Is that okay? Is it okay for the God who handcrafted you to say, hey, can I use you? And by the way, it's going to be fun. Is it okay for him to say that? Yeah. Shake your head. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay for him to do that. So what do abundant givers do? They give spontaneously, they give strategically, and they give sacrificially.